Welcome to episode six of Voice, uh, Voice of the International Community Experience. We got the lovely Barbara Lund in studio today, as well as uh, my usual Osida co-host and counselor, uh, Gome. Gome Brown. Gome Brown. I was yeah, going to say yeah, his yeah. last name, but we'll just go with Brown for today. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for allowing yourself to be had. And uh, <laughs> this is already started. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, look, we've spoken. It is the uh, day after Valentine's. It so is. It uh, certainly uh, is. I don't but uh, yes, getting back on track is um, the reason we've got Barbara in here today is because we are talking about uh, finding your path in a, in a new country uh, and then forging uh, an upward trajectory in regards to your career and, and some personal. So Barbara's a, a good friend. I've known her for a little bit. So for me, let her Barbara story. Let Barbara introduce herself. Yeah, she will in a sec, but I have to bring, I have to give Barbara the intro. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Build her up. Do it. So Do we it. can break her down by 40 minutes in. No, but it's good. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I'll pass you on to Barbara for, for, for a little bit of chat. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much. Welcome. Yeah. Tell us who is Barbara? Who is yeah. Barbara? Um, how much do you want to know? How much do you um, want to say? Yeah, good question, actually. <laughs> it's all up to you. It's all up to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I've been in Australia for a few years now, this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in Australia 20-something years ago. Okay. And I decided I liked it. I, in between, I had a bit of a personality change, obviously. All right. The second time around, it's a lot harder. So 20-something um, years. Mm, you yeah. came here for daycare. I can't That's yeah, yeah. yeah, I was very, I was very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, my story, I've, um, I was born in, in Austria, in Vienna. Yeah. And So um, a lot of people get Austria and Australia confused. Do yeah. you get that? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Vienna. In Vienna. Yeah, and they get Venice and Vienna confused as well, right. which is ah. awesome. Useful. I heard people go, Austria, get out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no countries here. Like, uh, no, nope. No, cold Wrong country, number. <laughs> lots of mountains. Actually, a lovely country. Lovely. And Vienna's a beautiful city. So um, no. I'm very. I'm a Austrian. He is Austrian, yeah. So. He's the other famous Austrian. Oh, the other famous. <laughs> <laughs> when are we getting him on? <laughs> Me and him. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, no, both, we're both, you know, foreigners in a one country. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And you're you were doing exceptional things, <laughs> yeah, both yeah. of you. You're yeah. just gonna go for premier next. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> we're so interfering, aren't we? I know. We're not <laughs> Sorry, Barbara. Barbara. Go on. Go on. Yeah. So from Vienna. From Vienna, yeah. And I, I um I wanted to be a migrant as a teenager. I said at the age of eight, 16, I'm gonna move to Australia. I didn't know anything about Australia mm-hmm. and had no idea. Oh wow. And um yeah, and I thought it's far away. Nobody's gonna easily come over. And so yeah. that was in the obviously late nineties, mm-hmm. and that was that. Packed a suitcase and flew to Australia. I ended up in Sydney. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Sydney's a Sydney native. Um, I loved I'm, it. I'm a Perth guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. I love Sydney. You anyway, can tell. so. Yeah. <laughs> Bit slow. Yeah, no, exactly. A bit slow on the upkeep. Wearing shoes is a problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We only just got on five years ago. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Sydney. I grew up in Cogra, Beverly Park. Cogra, so kind of. I think it's Western so the, Suburbs. I was just going to say, the rough side. Yeah. It was definitely the rough side. No, it's. Cabramatta. Posh. Parramatta. Was, yeah, so you were the post. Oh, yuppie. <laughs> Five dog girls. Oh, wow. Uh, so, posh okay. spices. Mm. Yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, loved it then. And I thought, yep, Australia's going to be my home one day. And I travelled after that. And Canada. But anyway, five years ago, I got headhunted and got a job here. And, you know, ever since I've moved back. And it was quite interesting. I was obviously a very, I was a teenager, young teenager, not young teenager, young adult when I first moved, and your kind of observation of a new country is completely different. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
the expectations as well, right? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You have all the dreams and everything's cool because it's different from how you grew up. Yeah. And then you sort of come back and you come with, you know, your own history and your own personality and you kind mm. of realise actually, you know, that's a bit weird. <laughs> how on earth did I like that? Yeah. What is it about Australian men? <laughs> That kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you so, obviously when you first when you first came, you were fascinated by them. Well, when I didn't quite understand them, I think that was the main point. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, I was yeah. fascinated by the accent, but I didn't understand. Yeah, all right. And then the second time around, I'm like, mm, I understand the accent. I also understand the innovation. Yeah, <laughs> I get it all now. Thank and you the very culture much. and it's the rest of it. Rude. <laughs> 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 That's true. That's what they meant. Oh, yeah, finally clicked. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so that's quite, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think, you know, second time around, Perth, took me a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here now four and a half, a bit more than four and a half years. Yeah. And um, probably took me four years and four months to get used to it. <laughs> I think the last month sort of I stopped crying. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard, right? Yeah, it's no, hard. it is. I it is, yeah. Myself. You just, yeah. it's, it's a completely, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm lucky I've got a job. I'm, you know, yeah. well looked after, but I remember my first few weeks here, nobody knew me and everybody was suspicious of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's how it is. You know? But you were headhunted though, so how did that yeah. feel coming in? Oh, it was Must, good. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah, it was. I I didn't think I'd have that much to offer, to be honest, because um, yeah. at that point I'd lived in the UK for many years, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I just thought, well, great, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like the opportunity. I'm like, I'm, I'm up for opportunity. And when I then came and actually saw the opportunity, I was like, interesting. Yeah, this was big. Yeah. yeah. So what were you doing in the UK? I was head of international office at a university in the UK. Ah oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sort of worked myself up from you know since my degree. Yeah. Sort of interest. Very lucky in a lot of situations where I was in the right place at the right time, made the right friends, or yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. shone at the right points. So that's um, it. So you were networking even before you came here mm-hmm. over there. You you mm-hmm. saw the value in that thing, yeah, or was it just by accident? Know. No, um, the UK framework is a lot more rigid mm. to find jobs. You will know this. Yeah. Um, you know, jobs have to be advertised. Yeah. And there's no such thing as, you know, we're going to create this thing for you kind of thing. Whereas in Australia, it's very They'll much do like it. that. Yeah, yeah. And if they like you, if they like you, know, yeah. yeah. you'll get, you'll, yeah. you'll be fine. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Mm. But so when I then moved over, I was. Pleasantly surprised, but also a little bit shocked about, you know, the stuff that actually can happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a learning curve for me. It's been great, I must say. It's been absolutely great. Yeah. What are some of the differences from your experience in Sydney versus Perth? Um, well, Perth is tiny, right? When I first came here, I came in winter, and mm-hmm. I was looking around asking myself where the people are. <laughs> so like, yeah. There must be hiding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where is the crowd? I was in yeah. the CBD, right? And like, there's nobody anybody, there. There's nobody there. Yeah. It was a rainy day too, so. I'm yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I think um, less multicultural. I was really um surprised. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, for a European like me, I thought there was a bigger European community, and you sort uh-huh. of have a bit of. Then you've been Brits sticking together, and that just right. my head in as well. Why would uh-huh. you yeah. want to move to Australia when you then stick with the Brits? Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, nothing wrong with that, but you know, just branch out of it. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, the multiculturalism. I thought Perth being a lot more racist mm-hmm. than I thought Sydney was, probably because of the multiculturalism, yeah, and because of um, Western Australia and Perth, maybe not so much reliant on foreign. You know, foreign investment, you know, tourism, oh, and yeah. international yeah. students is the main thing. And sure. also that's my, that's my main jobs. So yeah. Yeah. That's my... So, I mean, here is, is mining and stuff that, that really gets them going and the infrastructure projects that they have around here that everybody's kind of focused on so they're not really thinking about anybody else. And they, they can operate in their own little microcosm without involving or including anybody in it. 
you can tell from like primary school and secondary school when they go to uni, they're not really looking to involve anybody else into that clique that they've got. So. Right, and, and, and I mean, understandably so. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if things go really well for you without any influence from outside, why yeah, would you yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's why just, you know, Why would you rock the boat? Mm. Yeah. But it's really interesting um, because of my job, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of, amongst other things, they're a creative space mm. and I've always creativity and that is absolutely lacking in Perth. Yeah. Which is an opportunity as well, yeah. right? You've yeah. got yeah. a creative mind come from wherever. Mm. But it is because of the five person thing, because of the density. And if you have a lot of people living and mm. uh, in a in a yeah. dense crowd, you, just, you can sort of build on that creativity. And yeah, that's I feel it unfortunately has been lacking. I mean mm. approaching the issue of multiculturalism, I know we're talking about Perth and Sydney, but I mean I look at multiculturalism as a you know, when I look at Perth, I'm not sure what it's like in Sydney. They say it's multicultural, but they'll only deal with you if you behave like them. So on on that level, there is zero multiculturalism because they're not taking you from Austria or from Zambia and saying, "Okay, so what do you do in Zambia?" Oh, that's, oh okay. So that's then, not that's not my experience at all. In Perth. In Sydney. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about Oh, you're talking about Perth. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. They'll be like, yo, whether it's your resume yeah. Yeah, yeah. or, you know, the we way, don't care. way where you are socially is like, we want to see that. We want to see you do, see if you can, you know, fit our team. And our team is predominantly Australian, so you have to kind of understand the customs and things like that. Then mm. you're not socially awkward and we'll bring you in. And I think so, that's, that, that's uh, a fair, I think it's a fair comment. I do... Mm have uh, some observations on that with the, uh, the mask wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the other day, I with my mask in Perth, obviously, mm-hmm. I wear a black mask and massive black um, sunglasses. Oh, okay. I walk into a bottle shop, right? There was not one person that flinched at all. Like, all of a sudden, that was completely acceptable. okay. Mm. Absolutely acceptable. Mm. What was the thing that, like, pre-COVID, right, and women with a, in a burqa? Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How... So it's really interesting, I think, how COVID as well has made things, has made us question some of those assumptions. That's well, true. Right? And maybe not always to the best. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah but and, I, and I, I thought, you know, like yeah. if you have to behave, I think that's true to any, for any society, it's not just Australia, though. Mm. If, you are, if you are the immigrant, right? If, if I, and so I lived in, in Namibia for a little bit. Yeah. Six months and um, Namibia in a, mm, in a very rural part of Namibia as well. Oh, wow. And you know, I was I was the odd one out because I was you know white and I was a girl yeah, and yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, 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 felt you know. What was that? It was interesting. Mm. You know, I learned a lot. I yeah, learned yeah, a lot, yeah. but it's it's so nobody nobody allowed my culture there either, right? It's nobody said, oh, what do you bring to us? Let us incorporate that in our everyday living because that's mm-hmm. just not how societies work. No, but there's a slight difference. You know, the, the welcoming committee you get here when you arrive the first day. And at the airport. At the airport or, you know, that's, that's generally me. But, but when you get to the unis or everybody's kind of excited. But society's not excited to see you. Uh, out there, right? So I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Barbara, and I reckon there's lots of people that would be excited to see her. Well, maybe Barbara, but we don't all look like Barbara. So <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is a, true. Yeah, so this is I imagine there's, I imagine there's a lot so, of people excited to see you, Daniel. No, in some countries. Here, we're talking about Australia. Maybe not here. <laughs> so do you feel, can I ask, do, do, do you feel that people are not um, accepting you? Mm. No, it's not accepting. It's just that if I'm walking down the street, nobody's going to be looking at me and thinking, oh, I wonder where you're from, and, and try to talk to me. If you're in Namibia, anywhere you go, whether you're, you know, at a workplace or socially or whatnot, people are going to be, like, interested in you, and they'll ask you a few questions. They'll make you feel welcome. At all times, the whole time you're there, right? We bend over backwards for people coming in because it's a hospitality thing. I wouldn't have put it that way. Well, if I said forward, it would be a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is backwards. This is <laughs> so we do that for, for uh, 
as a, as a hospitality thing. So, so do we do that? When you say we, are you talking Africa? Yeah. Okay. And is that just about foreigners or is that about white people? It's about foreigners. So someone from Zimbabwe would get the same kind of reception as Barbara would? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, you're talking just, about Africa as a homogenous society as well. Yes. Because uh-huh. it's a lot of... Yeah. So different cultures. Yeah. Mods yeah. and different subsets. Within Europe, you've got all the different... You have so many different cultures as well. Yeah. And, you know, kind of generalising, I honestly think that... I think no society is always welcome. It, it, that doesn't exist. I think um, it's about it's it's what you make of it and how, what you bring into it. At the end of the day, they didn't need you. They don't need me, right? They, Perth is going to exist whether I leave or not, right? And whether yes. I'm going to work hard and you know bring all these students in or like make all these students happy. Yeah, but it's not down to me. I mean, it's I, down to I me can... to make myself value. Absolutely. Yeah, so that you create your own value. But before that, there's a there's an acceptance and a welcome that we're saying, okay, you took the time to come from where you've come over here. We're going to show you how hospitable we are in Zambia. So we're going to take you around and show you stuff and do all of that. That's we become your your go-to. But, that, but that's also on a, on a superficial level, isn't it? No. Because well. Maybe not Zambia. I've never been to Zambia, but mm. it's very easy to be on a superficial level. Welcome, guys. This mm. is awesome. So lovely to see you. But when you are hungry, go and ask somebody else. Mm. Or you don't know the system. Okay, fair enough. Maybe Zambia is the place to be. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to episode one to five. Daniel, what are you doing in Australia? Uh, look, I, that, you see, that's the question that people ask me. I want to go home. But I'm the uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I can't at the moment. But look, I, I we're sponsored by the Zambia Tourism Board, so I have to say nice things. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. But you know, at the end of the day, is I'm 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 really reinforcing our culture, and a lot of Zambians here. I like that you can turn up to their house without announcing if it's lunchtime. They'll feed you. It's just the way our culture is. It's just we don't. We don't. But not everybody would like that either, right? So I think it's oh. the. And I mean, I think that's where the expectations come in. You, um, I don't know, you know, some Asian cultures mm. would never, ever, ever go into anybody's house because that's just not. It's not a. You know, unless your mm. family or in, mm. in Europe, you don't do that. You don't invite people over to your house automatically. Mm. There mm. has to be some, and I think. What I'm trying to say is just because it's not what you are used to as, yes. a, as, as a, from your own culture, from your own background, from your own learning, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the other culture, oops, the other culture isn't welcoming. I, mm. I, I, I use the analogy mm. quite a bit, but if my understanding of showing love or showing hospi- hospitality is one way, right? Um, yes. My way is to give you a bunch of flowers every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so this mm. is, I'm showing you how much I love you. Yeah. And you said this is great, but thank you. I'm so allergic to flowers. Yeah. That that's you know, if that's my only way of showing it, I need to learn what would that mean for you. What it looks like to and you. And what it yeah. looks like to you. And I 100%. think that's the other thing. Love this. Yeah. I love this because this is going where this is going <laughs> into my area, which I love. Because that's about empathy. Tinder. The, the oh, E word oh, comes right. back. Um I'm I'm curious about what it's like for you because you you know look Australian enough, um, where do people think you're from or where do you say you're from if people ask you the question, especially because um, you're well-travelled? Mm, it's, uh, it's a tricky one, right? So yeah. um, I grew up in Vienna. I was born in Vienna. Grew up. My dad is actually Serbian. Um, sure, <laughs> She had no idea what Good you just said. Speak the lingo. Um, and um, I lived in, I've got a British passport, I lived in, in the UK for many, many years. Um, I, I always say I'm European. Mm-hmm. And people then go, oh, yeah, we'll part. And, you know, depending on you know, if I like the person or not, I give them a bit of a brief. I was born there. 
Yeah. Well, very often then they go, oh, so you're from Vienna. Your English is very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like... You almost don't have an accent. Your English is very good. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, right? Because especially when you've travelled and you've lived around the world and I don't... I do miss aspects of Austria. I, do, I miss aspects of the UK. I miss aspects of Africa. I miss, you know... Mm. But... I'm here now and I'm taking all of that with me and, mm-hmm. you know, my apartment is, has got all, all bits and pieces from all over the world. Are you married? Kids? No. So what's home for you? Um, my apartment at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where I've got my books. So th- yeah, this is home for you right now? Yeah, damn. Okay. You people. And is that, is that a shifting proposition or is that something that wherever you are at that point is home for you? Um... I think I've moved so many times in my life that I've just made myself home wherever I am. Uh-huh. There's no point in reminiscing or thinking. You know, one of the biggest one of the biggest hurdles to move forward is looking back and thinking what you've had back then. No. I take that I see that finger point come this way. I take that as a Welcome challenge. Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara, you know Welcome to the show. We not we might not get you back here. Now. But anyway. <laughs> I think Barbara should have been on this side of the yeah. time. <laughs> you guys have the same idea. I love but this. You see, and that's great. But for me, I look at it from a perspective of my identity is based on who I was, who I was raised as by my father. Right? So my culture, my ethnicity, I identify as that, and I'm proud of coming from there. Now, what I have done is I've traveled and I've learned a few more things. So I can improve on that, but that's where I'm from. So if somebody like you said, ask me, well, why are you here? I'm like, well, I'm just on my journey, but where I'm going is back home. And home is where the heart is. So I know what I feel like when I come through the airport here in Australia, when I've travelled from somewhere. And somebody asking me, so how long are you here or what are you doing here? I've got to get through one lane or the other lane. But I know what it's like when I arrive in Zambia. I can get off the plane and be cheeky from, from the time I get off to all the way to, to I get. I just feel like, you know, this is, this is my home. I connect with the soil and I, I, I feel uh, a connection with the history and my tribe. You've got so, very, uh, very little chance of not connecting to the soil. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's every very little tarmac. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, so for me, that's where I feel like. Now, I connect with family back home, my uncles, my cousins. They know who I am. I don't have to pretend. I, I, they, they understand me from when I was little, and I, I understand the way they behave. I know in each house what I have to do. I know the customs, and I'm comfortable with that. And that's, that's so for me. I want to go back there for what I know is possible and the feelings that I have. I'm here for a time, and I'm enjoying my time here, but this is not my home. At any one point, somebody will ask me, but where are you really from? Right? They're so not looking I'm, at me and saying you're Australian. So I'm curious for you, Barbara, what, how do you navigate that scenario? So coming from Austria and traveling around the world and then living in Perth, what is it that keeps you grounded and feeling a sense of home here as opposed to being drawn back? I think to, a sense of purpose, uh-huh. an absolute sense of purpose. I know exactly why I'm here. And I know that I don't have to be here forever. You mm-hmm. know, I know that. So where you going to Wherever, you know, things where will happen. Headhunted. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 There's a great opportunity to happen for me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like headhunting you for this show, <laughs> to be honest, right now. Um, what is your purpose? What, what is that for you? So when I moved here, I wanted to live in a country that is has enough sunshine. Like mm-hmm. I moved from England, from Bristol, mm. which is a beautiful city, by the way. Jesus. I absolutely love Bristol. But, mm. you know, it's cold most of the time. It's mm-hmm. grey and you know, mm. people are... Like that. Um, like what? What's they're that? like that. They're like the weather. <laughs> I'm trying to understand the, the end. It's cold, grey. It's cold and grey. Okay, is that, is that what that <laughs> meant? Yeah, yeah, right. right. Also, yeah. a bit okay. rotund. Right. Yeah. No, okay. yeah. it's <laughs> You get the creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way yeah. But, you know, I live, I wanted to live back in, back in Australia. I wanted to see what it's like. And um, 
No, I've done it. I might move to Scandinavia next because I haven't lived there. Do you no know sunshine there. Mm. But but there might be other stuff, right? There might be like the amazing Northern Lights, or yeah, there might yeah, be fantastic yeah. um, interior design. Great, great COVID vaccines. Uh, great COVID vaccines and no social distancing. Yes. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, so I think true. it's it's mm. it's. So, I go with that. Um, I'd go with no expectations, and maybe that's mm-hmm. what the difference is. I don't have, but also no. Going back to Austria isn't what Austria is like when I left at the uh-huh. age of eighteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I have changed. I've become all these other bits and pieces. My identity is not I was born in Austria. My identity is I was born in Austria and now I'm here and I've got all this thing, the richness of the experience so and the it, people that I've met along the way that made that. You love mm. rowing, right? I know that about you. You're a rowing fanatic. Yeah. I actually haven't rowed for a while, but that's okay. Did you say rowing or growing? Rowing. rowing. Oh, rowing. Okay. Yeah. She's, I'm sure she, she grows some stuff too. <laughs> Thank God, you know. And, and <laughs> wow. but anyway, so wow. If which country would you row for? Um, would you no row country. for Australia? Would you row if you had to represent a country? Um, which country would you row for? Australia? Wouldn't row for Australia because they're too strong rowers there, so they don't need me. No, just imagine. Maybe we'd row for a landlocked country like Botswana. They <laughs> 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 wouldn't know, right? Or Swiss. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. the Swiss that have the lakes. So uh, okay. No, but Botswana. This is the countries you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like cool runnings. That's what I would do. That's right. What do. right. <laughs> the countries you've been to, and the countries that you've spent some time in, in which one of them would you want to represent? I, I don't know. No. I wouldn't know. You're a global citizen. Know. I would not know. I feel like okay. what, I, what I'm hearing from you is that you don't necessarily have any strong links to countries, but there's something about being needed that drives you or something about being able to accomplish your purpose in a place that kind of moves you. Yeah, maybe less needed than... Yeah. But, but the cultural aspects that are important to me, but I think mm-hmm. I've made them up myself, right? right? So I've got two younger sisters. One lives in in Austria, mm-hmm. in Vienna, mm-hmm. and, and the other lives in England. Mm-hmm. And so my sister lives in England and I, we, we have this, oh, remember when we were children and it was all of this. And yeah. when we talk to our other sister, she's like, what are you on about? This is just crazy. This is nothing what we're doing right now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We've moved on. This is 25 years later. Right. right? Yeah. And I think, but then at the same time, you know, the stuff that I learned as part of my culture wasn't important. Mm. It was important. You know, the fact that I went to a particular school and I learned, you know, and I, you know, could choose to learn Latin at the yeah, end of 12 or yeah. not, you know, that kind of stuff is like part of how I grew up in Vienna. But at the end of the day, I think it's if you have a good time somewhere, it's going to be fine. And if you accept people the way they are, there's no point changing a culture, changing a, a country, right? No, no, but you know, my whole point around that was not when I, when I was talking about multiculturalism. It wasn't about changing; it was more about understanding, and then allowing a transition based on the understanding. A lot of the migrants at the moment struggle with it because they come into it with the tools that they've learned back home to survive. But they also come in very often with a monocultural background. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm. And that's also different, right? Because I'll, if you I'll just come, Google what monoculture background. Well, it's, it's not Australia. It's not Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. It's no, not, but, not but, like in all fairness, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you have Chinese students, you have Chinese, you know, people here, and mm. they come from a Chinese society where exactly. Chinese food was on the menu every day. Yeah, but they, that's absolutely fair but they, enough. they are not saying that China is multicultural. Of course, China is not Australia is saying we are multicultural. So we're trying to understand what exactly multicultural means. If it means you can, we'll let you through the border, but as soon as you want to get a job or you're trying to date, you have to go by our rules, then that's totally different. That's so not multiculturalism. The woman that wasn't acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> beating yeah. up a beating, woman. Beating the woman. That beating the wife was not. Yeah, yeah they didn't. Yeah. They didn't take yeah, lightly yeah. to it. See, he thought, gonna, "Hey, I do this back home." We got a policeman <laughs> coming in. He's <laughs> like, "Stop this! I'm going back to Zambia. I want to be able to beat my woman." Oh, that. 
What I paid for her. Just six cows. I, I've never hit a woman in my life. Because you're in Australia, even my sisters, because they're older than me. But yeah, because it's illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. You can't get away with it. Oh, wow. So no, for that, I wasn't born yet. So, so at the end of the day, all I'm saying is it's not, it's not part of my values or what? No, anything. It's, it's not even, it's very illegal in Zambia, by the way. To, to, is it? Is it really? Women. Is, it, so, is it really? No. Is it really? No. Oh, you can beat your wife. Oh, yeah. Wow. Is there any kind of criteria around that? Like no. open fist or just whatever, whatever guys? No, it's, it's a shame it's not on video right now because I can show you exactly what you could do. So you <laughs> not it's not on Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'm sorry>. Okay. <laughs> no, not on Barbara. No, no, no definitely not. <laughs> okay. Not, not, not while there's wits. But anyway. <laughs> All I'm saying is that it's it's no it's it's not legal and you're 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 not supposed to do it right. It's, mm. But you know people fight, couples fight. I think people people there's wife beaters even in Australia, so it's not it's not. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it's very true. And there's very a lot of bad people. Yeah, everywhere. but that's but just that's just Belgian Armadale. <laughs> Excuse me. I've been here long enough. Yeah, yeah. That was a joke. Can, can, can we edit that? Yeah. <laughs> we might have to take that one. Um, but what my, my point was around, you know, how to date or how to, you know, the social, there are total social norms. And that's not necessarily an Australian thing. That's just. Tell us about your experience around that. Dating, dating. in Australia. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I haven't really dated much in Australia. Um, Why is that? Uh, because there's a lot of Australian men. So what does that mean? So, so just what's what's an Australian man to you? When you say an Australian man, what does that mean? Oh, you know, like the typical Australian. What is that? What is a typical Australian? Oh, okay, like a bogan. Oh, not so much. No, not necessarily just a bogan. Um, like the ones in Balgar and Aladdin. I don't know where that is, and I don't <laughs> think I've ever met anybody from there. No, you'll I'm get hit, Pablo. You get hit. <laughs> you'll feel like you're in Zambia. <laughs> <laughs> not not my Zambia. Maybe go ahead. No, so I like I like deep discussions. Mm. I love that. Mm. And I have met many Australian men who love that as well. Uh-huh. And you know, where Is there anything else about your kind of type of man apart from that just that deep intellectual kind the of deep intellectual. It doesn't yeah. need to be intellectual, it just has to be like a, an engaging. How do you know it's deep? Oh, it's just not, oh, when I feel kind of engaged and stimulated. Mm. Uh, in my head stimulated okay interesting uh, the reason I asked that question is I was having a conversation with a mate of mine and I was saying oh, I just had the deepest conversation with someone yesterday and he said who told you it was deep and it occurred to me wow you know good question that wasn't me by the way he's no, got no. other friends besides me yeah, yeah. Just, I wouldn't I'm have just thought in no Smart guys. You know, uh, Barbara, yeah. <laughs> you keep going this, back. This, this, you might, going this back. might be the last time we see you on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I ask you about success. So we've spoken a bit about success. What, what does that look like for you? Do you consider yourself successful? Because Daniel sold you to me. He said this really successful woman is coming on the show. Um. And I wonder what I that was. successful that? in the, in the, in 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 this. No, you did. I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad thing. I'm just curious what that looked. Do you feel successful? successful? How do you define that? I think success or being successful is a very deeply personal thing, right? I I'm successful because I've reached the goals that I've wanted to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I set yeah. out goals. I set out just goals for for those who can't see this. Those are high five. I'm the, I'm the high five king. Right? <laughs> sure. I had very specific goals when I, in probably back in 2014, 15, mm-hmm. I said out loud, I want to be a director of an international office at mm-hmm. a major university in Australia. Wow, that was very so specific. Very specific. That's what's on your bio. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you do that, now that you've achieved that? 
See, that's the, that's the problem, right? Mm. I'm looking for the next country. You picked too quick. <laughs> you picked yeah. way okay. too quick. This is what I'm saying. You know, your goals, you set very, very achievable goals. Mm. I believe your goals for most people, when you set a goal, should be something that is, for most people, unachievable, right? So you can, you can, you can go, okay, I want to do this, but then there's, there's next level. So let's just say for a migrant community, you say, I want to be a director, but you can say, I want to be the CEO or the MD. And then you can also say, I want to open my own school or I want to do stuff like that, which is, is possible, but that, that'll engage you a lot longer and it will excite you a lot longer. And you're not going to feel like you need to shift focus and do something else. So when I did, when I set that goal, mm-hmm. I was a marketing coordinator. Yeah. In a British university, right? So yeah. There was no so kind of sign for me yeah. to say, but I had. That's this not is the normal I, trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I knew what I wanted to be, right? Yeah. I think that to me, there are two different things between having uh, having a vision, right? Mm-hmm. Something like a ten years. Like I, I aspire, you know, and I think there's, there's some. Oh, of course, but whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Or I am open for opportunities, doesn't it? Another way of that. Or I have a very specific goal that I know I need to be over there and this is these are the steps that I need to reach to get there. Yeah. Do the two ever kind of miss is there any misalignment sometimes with that? Uh, and how do you navigate that? That's a good question, actually. Um I'm kind of deep. It's a Valentine's special for sure. Settle down. No, no. Let's calm yourselves down. Yeah. Um, I think the vision or the um, the aspiration gives me the drive mm. to to be successful, to be want to be successful. Mm. Right? Yeah, I think it's a it's that kind of it's that kind of emotional. It's a bit like the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. That you need in order just to keep going, and you know, every now and then you just you know you just abandon some of your aspirations because they were a little bit too steep. But uh-huh. it's also good, right? You must never do that. No, I, don't I think no, you realign them, right? You know, yeah, there's realignment, yeah. but I think anything is possible. So for for anybody like you're a marketing coordinator thinking you want to be a director for that, if you spoke to somebody else that really had no no self-esteem or any vision for them that would be like why why are you even thinking that why isn't this enough for you right we've got a great thing going here why would you so you just whatever it is that you've set for just go for it but i think what donald trump Trump what i'm hearing barbara saying is that there's kind of this two-path way to success one is i've got very specific goals but on the other hand, I'm kind of open to opportunities. So, for example, if I want to be a director in a college mm-hmm. or university in Australia mm-hmm. um, and an opportunity comes up in Canada, for mm-hmm. example, it may not necessarily be my specific goal, but there's an opportunity that's opened up. So there's that so realignment. So it, I can, I can realign to... Is it going to take you back to your specific goal? Does it matter? Yeah, because but, but, if you if you let's look at it in the context of GPS, I put Junior Love Golf Course in the, in the GPS, uh-huh. and I'm heading to Junior Love Golf Course, yep. and somebody says to me, "Or oh, come by and have a game at uh, Wembley, course. right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I go to Wembley mm-hmm. instead of Junior Love." But it depends, so, right? Do you do you want to play golf or do you want to be in Junior Love? Exactly, and I think that's exactly. so and that's me, a question for yeah. me. Uh, I was between, do you want to be in Australia or do you want to be a director first? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I wanted to be in Australia first because I knew once I'm here, things, opportunities yeah, open up. Yeah, but right? what you're saying is it's leading back to your goal. Though. You're not saying you've abandoned and no. gone that way because that's more No, important. so if, so if she's in the market. leading back to, to, to your goal, I'm all for it because it's all yeah. experiences, right? So my, my thoughts on success is it's a progressive realisation of a worthy idea. Now, once you have that idea and you start moving in that direction, then you are successful from that point because you've now found purpose. And what but the key word, the key word in that, for what I'm hearing Barbara say, is worthy, because worthiness becomes a subjective reality. So, if worthy can be achieved here and here, what difference does it make? Worthy of what? You said a worthy ideal, so the pursuit yeah, yeah, of a worthy yeah. ideal. Yeah. So if 
two ideals are equally worthy and you're open to opportunities, then you can move from one ideal realigned to the other without having sacrificed success. No, that's having success. multiple goals. No. No, I think you just, you just, I think you go back to the aspiration, right? Mm. I think it's it's that kind of, and if your aspiration is to play golf or mm. is to be the best golf player, it actually doesn't matter whether you've trained at junior level or whether you've gone to Wembley, it doesn't matter. Mm. Or if your goal is you want to be in junior level because that's the best place in the world, I'm sure, and you and you want to build a house and live there, then that's another. But then, do you need to play golf? I think you. Yeah. And, and my big thing is yeah. right. You can't. We can never have it all. I'm talking direction. Do. I'm just talking direction here. What the GPS is. So your GPS. So, but uh, uh, now I'm questioning your. I'm questioning your your. Um, so you're your driven criteria. by the GPS. Huh? So you're driven by the GPS. That's what your goal is, basically. Your goal what? is your GPS. No, so you, it's a, you, that's the. But you've put a destination into the GPS. Yes. And I guess from my perspective, the destination can change without necessarily sacrificing the journey. No, but that's what I've been saying as long as we're getting to the same. I think we're going around in circles. But I think I'm, as long as you're going there, you can go, you could take whatever route you want. But you, you've got there and you know this is what I need to do to get there in this particular situation. But if I go this way, I can still do that and then end up there. That's fine. Mm. So as long as we're getting back to where we're, you know, we plan to get to. The problem and why I'm linking this is that a lot of a lot of students, when they come to Australia, they think PR, and then they start doing a course, and the things change, and then they switch course and start doing this, and then something changes and they switch this and start doing that. Now. If you have, you've picked what you want to do, which is beyond PR, it doesn't matter what they're changing. As long as you create value, you can then therefore stay here later on. But you've got a particular direction and nothing will, will sway you off it. So that's basically where I'm going with this. It's not, it's not really about, on a personal level, I mean, we can all do what we want, but there's a majority of people there just that are, that are like a flag in the wind. I'm, my concern with that is if people come here with expectations, with goals that are unrealistic, and your message to them is, don't worry about it, just stick to the goal. Um, What's unrealistic to you? I, I don't know. I'm just saying if, if they come over here and they've got all these goals, there's expectations that are not based on reality because they haven't lived here, and all of a sudden they're in this environment and they realise, you know what, is this really that important? I really wanted to be in Australia, and I'm here now. And I, I realized that being in Australia, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't really matter so much that I want to be a manager, I want to be a doctor, I want to be all these things. I can live, I can live a similar kind of life just doing an ordinary job. So I'm kind of realign my focus. I'm in Australia and I'll just do that and I'll be happy with that. Listen to Connie, he's going to sell you mediocrity. If you can live a life that is just as whatever you want um, without necessarily having the title that you expect it to have, i.e. manager or you know, whatever that looks like, um, because Australia is a land of opportunity. Not but like that's, many this, countries this is that my are. point, that it, here there's very few things that are unattainable. If you want to open a school, all you have to do is once you've set your path in the GPS, it'll show you exactly what you need to do. You need to network, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to meet people, you need to learn the, the you know, cry costs and all that. How do you get that? As long as you get those things, you will open a school. It's not, it's not, it's, nothing is unattainable. So can I just say yeah. what I'm hearing, right, is, is, is a mixture between having a goal and, you know, setting that and being... Um, Malleable, flexible. But being flexible to a degree, right? Because, mm. for example, you want to open a school, but then, let's say it takes five years, mm -hmm. but then four and a half years in or three years in, you realise actually there's no market for a school. You'd mm -hmm. be stupid to go and Correct. finish and get to opening a school, right? You would want to be flexible enough to go, oh, all right, maybe I need to rethink this. Not saying that the goal was a wrong one or was a bad one, mm. that you abandon all of it at the same time. I think sometimes we just have to be a little bit more realistic because, mm. because we do not operate in a bubble. Correct. And things constantly change. Change, yeah. 
And do you know what? You know, two years ago, you know, it was was unbelievably, you know, amazing between China and Australia. And, Australia. Mm. and things were <clears throat> amazing, right? And you come into 2021 and opportunities are gone or diminished or whatever it is. So I think that's part, that's what I'm, mm. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess, you know, for it's... For me, I look at it from a perspective of when you are setting your goal. Now, if you think about what you're intending to do. So, what brings you happiness? First of all, you think about what you're good at. And then you make a list. You think about how you can make that make you money. And then you set your path and, and start on that trajectory. So... Because you're you're looking at financial freedom and, and and happiness to be part of your goal, right? You're not looking at it just from a title. It's look because when we do the goal setting, it starts from there. What are you good at? And then you know what do you enjoy doing? The intersection there is what needs to be part of your goal, and then you set how can we make this pay for your lifestyle and then you start going on that trajectory and we say okay so this this particular profession you can tweak it and do this you can help people and do all of that stuff a lot of people want to help people so once you get into those levels then you can change it up to 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 you can switch it up but your your main focus won't change your job title might but at least you meet your objectives that's all I'm saying. So the 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 end the end is meeting the objective that you set out to do, regardless of what channel or vessel you're using. So is all I was saying. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. I think that's mm. <clears throat> definitely valuable, especially for you know students coming over and oh, I think they need like to it. have goals and kind of. So for yeah, yeah. me, for me personally, this it doesn't work because I don't care what I do. Um, so for me, I'm driven more by a sense of being and who I am. And so this goal setting for me makes no sense. I never, ever sit down and say, here's what I want to do. Yeah. I kind of, any thought process I have is around who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be with my daughter in relationships? That's more the foundation for me. And then what I do, as long as it comes out of that, mm. don't care. Financial freedom, eh, don't care. I think you know. I'm not selling this to your students. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is just a personal thing. But I think this is one of the beauties of why I love working with Daniels because we come from very different perspectives. Mm. Um, and this is a perfect example. I'm more of a being person, and he's more of a do objective. Da da da. And yeah, but I think I, it's I, great. The two kind of work exactly. well together. I feel. And we we were speaking about this the other day. I uh, probably will take your your take on. I mean, I know this is about your story, Barbara, but <laughs> who am I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. But uh, you know, we, we talked about it, and I thought, as a father, uh, a responsibility or a parent responsibility is to teach children how to be successful, happy adults, right? And in order for you to be able to teach somebody that, it's your responsibility to learn how to become that, right? So. Because you're not really going to be buying diamonds from a goat herder. So you can't direct a kid how to be good at sport if you've, if you've never been good at sport. You can't teach them good eating habits if, if it's not something you've ever practiced. Right? So if you've got shares in Macos. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the, that's how I look at it. So um, learning what I learn and setting goals and achieving them and doing all that. That's something that I feel like I can pass on to generations after me because I've been through the fire. And they don't have to go through the fire, right? I can teach them the lessons when they're kids through my interactions with them. And when they're older, they're, they're ahead of the competition. So that's part of the, the wealth of knowledge and, 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 and that I feel like has to be passed on. So I feel like that's my responsibility. So when I do what I do, I do it with that in mind. So that's where the difference is. So I, I and what, what did I say about my, I can't my role? You, you're a freelancer, 
<laughs> you you just don't want the responsibility. I'm a I'm a soft place for my daughter to fall. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get that. You're you're a soft place for your daughter to fall, but you know, they said right. This is this is what I know as a you know smart people. You know, learn from experience, and wise people learn from mistakes of others. Right? So that's how who I said that? Who said that? Who said that? Somebody very, Did you say very that? smarter than me. I said they say. Somebody the collective. Yeah. The collective. The African collective. The Zambians. Yeah, yeah. The Zambian collective. I'm just like the one. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, in the end. Was there I mean, a tell me, was does that make sense? for Barbara? Huh? No, was there a question for Barbara? Do you want to lock up for the monologue? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at that now. <laughs> now so, so my question, Barbara, is which, which, which perspective do you feel uh, resonates with you? Oh, more importantly, what's, what do you feel in terms of your sense of... But you're not a parent, are you, Barbara? Okay. So what's the question? Can she answer the question? Um, and do you understand the question? I, I don't understand. <laughs> that wasn't a question. I all. said which, which. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> so, I, I spoke about the differences. So having, sorry, sorry, I'm just dissecting what you yeah, said. Yeah, so as a moderator in, ter- in this particular instance. <laughs> in terms of having goals yourself. So what are you saying? You need to have goals yourself in order to pass them on to your children or to, yeah, to, to be a mom. To learn. To be, yeah, or, yeah. you know, Gomez just basically says, yes, you know. Yes. Just improvises, uh, improvise, or just be there for you. Mm. Um, uh, Gomez got no shoes. He's from Fremantle. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say about it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I think I've ever done that. I just want to make sure. I don't know. Actually, I think it's uh, probably a mixture of both. But mm. uh, I do think, um, and as I said, I don't have children. I. My partner has got children, so I'm sort of a stepmom, but not really. It's mm-hmm. kind of a bit of a strange one. But um, do you? How does your partner parent? And how do you feel strict, about how your partner parents? Strict, very strict, very yeah. strict, uh-huh. uh, with very clear instructions, very clear guidelines. St- yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But that's it's very loving in the same way, right? Yeah. It's very. Um, that's ethnic parenting. Ethnic parenting. Yeah. It's, it's always very strict. It's not. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no I, grew up, I grew up. I grew up. Yeah, that's, that's my I'm ethnicity. Saying. Yeah. Exactly. And what's, what's your sense of how that affects, impacts the, the children? Um, so from what I have observed and I'm observing, they love the kind of guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. They like, there's a framework in which to operate. But yeah. There's, there's. So there's enough freedom, but there's also clear direction. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, think it is. That's probably important. Mm. You know, there's three girls. There's and ex- doing yeah. Three girls. Mm. How old? Uh, just eighteen. Soon to be oh, sixteen. Oh, teenagers. Seven. Soon wow. to be seven. Wow. How do you go being stepmom? How do we go about? How, yeah. How oh, do you navigate the stepmom? So situation? This, is a, this is a strange thing because my partner lives in the UK. Oh, so okay. So, yeah. He's there with Stella. Stella, yeah. Where are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put that down. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we've, no, we've met, obviously, online through Swapnet. Uh-huh. Okay, so you haven't met the kids in person? I haven't met the kids in person. Okay, yeah. all right. So, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? You're sort of trying to build a relationship with mm. young people who. Yeah. You know, yeah. Teenagers, um, too. Yeah. I like them, they're, they're so cool. Yeah. Really. But then, you know, I don't have to be a parent, parent in that sense. Sure. sure. They're independent, yeah. I, I guess, to a certain degree. Except probably a certain degree. But, uh, mm. you know, I think, yeah, the clear guidelines when you're, when you're a parent and, and uh, you know, how ethnic parents, obviously, uh, this is the thing that migrants face when they come here. It's like they have their methods of dealing with children, how to raise children. And then when they come here, those those methods are obsolete in this environment here. So you can't beat your kids either. No, mm. and you can't pick them up on one arm either. <laughs> no, 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 my <laughs> What do you mean? 
<laughs> like Michael Jackson on the balcony. Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no. That's, but that's the, that's, it's not, I'm not saying all of those things are the best part of my, my childhood or upbringing, but I knew they weren't whooping me because they didn't love me. But that, it was fine for you, right? There was a context to that. And I think, it, again, go, going back to multiculturalism and mm. what does that mean, it would be quite interesting. I don't think, well, Australia was a multicultural society at the point when the Brits hit the boat, right? They yep. came here. It became a multicultural society. Amen. They took out. And mm-hmm. they did, it didn't become multicultural. No, it did become multicultural because this is a black country. Correct. And so therefore Brits came and so what should have happened is then mm. you know, you know, history is absolutely we can rewrite history. Yeah, right. absolutely. Mm. And I think um it makes me ashamed of being white. That bit, right? That yeah. the, the assumption that when we come, we white people Right, us mm. melanome deprived. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So do you do I you feel it, you, you feel a sense of responsibility no, that a collective white people, even though those were British people, you you kind of feel, identify with at some level with that? But it was Europeans though, because the Spanish people went and did the same thing somewhere else. Oh, the French all over, yeah, 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 it was, yeah, yeah. And it was so, all over. You know, the Germans tried to take over other Europeans. <laughs> so but then the biggest ones, you know, so in Af- I'm not saying, you know, all of that happens as well in Africa, right? You have Tutsis and they're all black, you know, and it's, yeah, but that it's was, a tribal. No, but that was a product of uh, colonization. So the white people went there and convinced one tribe is better than the other and then they started the, the conflicts between them. I think going back to your question about do I feel a sense of um, responsibility, I'm, I'm feeling a sense of um, a huge sense of awareness mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and especially when you you know talk. I don't know. Does Australia have Black History Month? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, or when you you know it's Black History Month in the US, right? But, yeah. Or you know Black Lives Matter, whatever it is, right? And and you you know you have white people who go All Lives Matter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I do mm. feel ashamed. About and yes, what, what are you upset about? We said sorry 10 years ago. Why, yeah, are, you still, why yeah. are you still going on about it? Yeah. I just want to, because we've got to finish up, um, probably end on this note for you, working with international students, what, what are the biggest nuggets to give them in terms of how they assimilate to Australian culture? Mm, uh, well, I don't think they should assimilate. Let Barbara go. <laughs> Um, I agree with you, by the way, with the assimilation. Um, I think um, mix with as as many people as possible from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. If we are not doing that, multiculturalism, Mm -hmm. tennis down the line will still not happen. There will still Mm -hmm. be segregation in in ethnic minority groups. Yeah. And so the more people are out there and, you know, make friends with, you know, the Asian kids and the South Asian kids and mm. the African kids and the European kids, and it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, people, we're people, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And yeah. There's something to learn from anybody. Mm. Uh, that's what I... Daniel, what do you tell the people? When they I think, you know, uh, and this is what we're doing here as part of this show, is to, to try and, not to sensitize, but to bring these issues to the forefront and say, look, everybody has their... We share similar experiences as migrants. Now, don't assimilate, understand, and then navigate that new land just like the Australians navigated the map to get here, right? In the beginning, the British, right? You just, it's, it's just the only way to survive in a place like this. Now, hmm. and the conversations that we're having is why we are the number one migrant podcast in Australia. You didn't know that today. You're welcome to the show. But (laughs) (laughs) it's because we have these conversations that a lot of people can relate to and that they they can now also start to to think of a way out and a a way forward in this country because a lot of people struggle in this country when they come here. The isolation that you felt, a lot of people feel that. The body images that might have come to fall or not come to fall based on what's beautiful here in Australia 
comes to you know they struggle with um, how to be successful they struggle with because they don't know how to navigate they'll send 500 resumes on seek that their uncle did back home and that doesn't resonate so they've got to learn to adapt everything that they know into this society but when they go home they've got to revert to what they know that's why assimilation is not the key because you're assimilating if you if you want to lose your identity and stay here right so like you have cool barbara <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you um great chatting Feel free to come back anytime. It would be great to get yeah, your feedback on your experience here. And um, last time here, feel free to. Um, <laughs> there is I think, no coming back. I is think there like a sponsorship group where you um, buy Daniel a flight? Yeah, we're, we're working on it. We're, we're one of one of the side things is working on. on so fun, fun. So fun the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun, 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 yeah. fun yeah. to send Daniel home. COVID and not COVID. COVID is fine because then you. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, great to meet you. D, take us out, man. All right. So that was uh, episode six of uh, Voice Voice of the International Community Experience. And we had the lovely Barbara Lung in the house. Yeah, you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, catch you next week for... No, catch you Friday, actually, for uh, Black Facebook Table Talk Live. on Facebook Live. Yeah, and then uh, we'll see you again next week. Peace. Cheers. Bye.